Welcome once again to another stop on the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I am joined as always by... Hey, what's up? Highlight your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And on this episode, as we continue our annual spooky-ooky view <laughs> of Halloween-slash-horror-themed films... We will talk about Ghost Dad. You have to let it just sort of hang. You have to let it hang. I don't know the last time someone said, we will talk about Ghost Dad. <laughs> we haven't even, why are you laughing like you can't? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. We'll get to it. We'll get to we it. We got to get to the other stuff. But before we get to Ghost Dad... We have feedback from all of you who uh, check us out on all the social medias and in email. You can't even get it all out because you've got Ghost Dad on the brain. <laughs> it is on my mind. Um, we heard from Joanne Blaylock. Hey, what's up, Joanne? Long time no here. Yeah. In regards to our last show, she said that uh, great show. Thank you. Horror movies are my favorite genre. All right. Night of the Living Dead is absolutely canon. All right. For zombie fans, Thirty Days of Night is my favorite zombie movie of all time, and that is a very good film, Joanne. And wait, even, Thirty Days of Night, an even better comic book, but it is not about zombies. Yeah. Okay. That movie is decidedly about vampires. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole bit. That the vampires, you know, migrate to Alaska, right, where they can celebrate thirty days of night. Yeah, they can basically just have a smorgasbord. Yes, for a whole month. Yes, a leisurely smorgasbord. Leisure, exactly. Yeah, they can just sit around and chill. Right. It's right. like it's like they're on a cruise. It's like they're on a cruise, <laughs> except they're in Alaska and the sun doesn't rise. Exactly. Have you ever seen that movie? I've not seen the movie, but I was, when I am, a big, big fan of the original comic. Yeah. I, I only read the first comic. Yeah, the, he stretched it out yeah. way <laughs> past what it should have been stretched out. Right. But it's a great comic. Yeah, like, I mean, like it, the it first, was pretty cool. The first couple of series. See, but see, the thing is, as much as I'm not a huge horror movie fan, but I'll watch some horror movies. Yeah. But I'm not a horror comic book fan. I know, I yeah. Which so I was I was like, all right, I've heard a lot about this. I'll read it. Seems cool. Yeah, like the like the whole concept, like the premise, and then the movie. I really enjoyed the movie. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen the movie. Movies, it, it's I mean, it's not the comic book. Okay, but it's it's fun. I I enjoyed it. Okay, she continues. Okay, I loved your off the rails commentary about westerns. <laughs> I was laughing so loud, I almost got kicked out of the library. Don't get kicked out the library. Please That's don't. Not on are. our account. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th uh, th thank you. Yes. Uh, Evelyn Marie. Hey, Evelyn. I'm a huge fan of ghosty horror movies, gory mm. slashers, not so much. I always feel like those could actually happen. But ghost slamming doors in an old house? Nope. Yes, please. Nope. Yeah, That's a hard pass for me. Yeah, you're just not down. I don't there, like right? haunted house movies. <laughs> you don't? I don't. Have you ever seen, and Dim, Dim Sum um, actually mentions this movie, The Others? Oh, no, not at all. With uh, Nicole Kidman? Nicole Kidman, because that's like old house, dead kids. No, hell no. It's a good movie, I, look, though. I'm not 
saying it's it not really good. It really is a good movie. Not at all. So what is it about ghosts in particular? Uh, because they could they could exist. Like this is an actual thing. And I live in an old house. I've lived in old houses. I don't do old. No, no. That's a hard pass for me. But I mean, how do you know they exist? You know, I'm not doing this. <laughs> You've never seen a I'm ghost. Do- like this sounds like some people at the beginning of one of these movies. It's poppycock. It's superstition and childish. Like the credits aren't even off yet. Then the last scene is this person in an insane asylum. That's true. Yeah. Where that ghost comes and visits them. Exactly. <laughs> it's like a stinger after the credits go off. Hey, here you are. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No. No. Hard pass. Nice accommodations. Hey, uh-huh. I'll settle in here. Hey, look. What they serving for dinner? I'm glad people enjoy it. Uh, Craig Wooten wrote. Hey, what's up, Craig? Watching the awful Poison Rose made me want to revisit the awesome Devil in a Blue Dress. Yeah, yeah. Which got me to thinking, what happened to Carl Franklin, the man who directed the film? Yeah. However, his search led him to say that great to see that he's been putting in quality work, but someone needs to give him a chance on a feature again because Carl Franklin has actually been directing a few episodes of Netflix's TV series uh, Mindhunter. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he was in that Wall Street Journal article we talked about a few months ago where where they talked about television purgatory. Mm -hmm. But if he wasn't in there, I suspect he's one of the black directors that this situation describes, that their movies didn't make enough money for someone to basically finance a, a movie for him anymore so now they work in television right uh let's see let's see what's happening on here in the facebook group people dropping in the messages left and right um a lot of activity a lot of activity a lot of activity did you see who has been cast to play Catwoman I in the new did. The Batman film. I did. Uh, Variety.com has a story that Zoe Kravitz. I saw that. Daughter of one Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Bonet. Which sidebar, are are we all contractually bound to say that every time we say her name? Like, have you ever in your entire life read an article about Zoe Kravitz where it doesn't say Zoe Kravitz, comma, the daughter of Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Bonet. No, we haven't. But do you know why? Because when you come upon someone who just has a truly unique and stunning look, you want to know where it comes from. Okay, I'll go along with that. So you have to always give her origin with that. Sure. It's just like where every place where Batman or Superman appear, there's always like a little caption box that gives you the little 30-second origin and who their creators are. Right. Because right. they're so iconic. So that's what Zoe Kravitz. So Zoe Kravitz. Created by. Created by L- Lenny Kravitz, Kravitz and, and Lisa, Lisa Bonet. Okay. All right. But but yes, I did see she was cast as Catwoman. She has been tapped to play Catwoman in Matt Reeves' upcoming The Batman, where she will star op- opposite Robert Pattinson. Yes. As Batman. Yes. 
Now, what has recently come up in talking about this is that Zoe Kravitz apparently in other in other interviews had mentioned where Christopher Nolan, mm-hmm. when the opportunity came to be cast as Batman in the third Dark Knight movie. Yeah, oh yeah. Had commented that she was too ethnic. Chris Nolan said that? That's 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 the that's the story. I saw the headline that that she had been told she was too I thought the the term they used was urban. Yes, urban. I'm that sorry. she was too I'm urban. Sorry. I didn't know that it was Chris Nolan who said it. Yeah, that that's that's the story that I've heard. Wow. Uh, let's see. I'm I'm going to uh <laughs> good for Zoe Kravis for calling him out. Papermag.com. <laughs> This is the most I've ever liked Zoe Kravitz at this exact second. If she called out Chris Nolan, well, let let let's see. Uh, as noted by Metro UK, Kravitz told Nylon that she had tried to uh, audition for Christopher Nolan's 2012 take on the franchise, Dark Knight Rises. Unfortunately, though, she said that she was told at that point that she was too urban for the role. They told me that I couldn't get an audition for a small role they were casting because they weren't going urban. It was like, what does that have to do with anything? I have to play the role like, yo, what's up, Batman? What's going on with you? That's hilarious. Yeah. So so to be fair, it doesn't mention that Christopher yeah, Nolan, Nolan himself. himself. But somebody said she was too urban. Yeah. Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> Let that sink in. Yeah, yeah. Zoe Kravitz yeah, was yeah, too urban. Yeah, yeah. Zoe Kravitz is she's too much. Yeah, yeah. But it yeah. ain't urban. I'm really team nobody with this story though. As as I've mentioned, I'm usually underwhelmed by Zoe Kravitz. And I'm well documented that I think the Chris Nolan Batman movies are way overrated. I certainly believe well. Overrated, yeah, I'll give you that. They're they're for the most part. Well, I didn't want to go. You on your tangents? How uh, is this a tangent? We're know, talking about it got, Batman. It got in my brain. I like the, actually of all the Batman movies so far. Batman Begins, right, right, is my favorite one, right. And I like the Dark Knight. I just don't think the Dark Knight holds up the only reason the dark knight is what it is is because of heath ledger i'm gonna say what i always say chris nolan begrudgingly made batman movies like you could tell they twisted his arm and and backed a brinks truck up to his house but he really didn't want to make no batman movie you think so there's oh my goodness there's no they are joyless and lifeless and too cool for school all three of them like, if I'm gonna do Batman, I'm gonna do a you know like like. I mean, but that how was the character. The character was not that joyful. No, 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 no. Not the character. The film itself, the way it approached the material, was joyless. There is no sense of wonder. There is not like how much of a sense of wonder was in the the early aughts Batman comics. Really, I'm not talking. No, we're talking about movies. That's a whole different. Okay, but I'm just saying. That's and where in the, the, the sources from. No, and even that. You, look, we're not going to get in this because we've gotten into this several times. My whole thing, him pulling from Batman Begins, the the uh, Frank Miller miniseries, even Batman the year one. I'm sorry, yeah, year one. Even that is in the context of the decades old Batman mythos, so that the whole 
the the whole um driving force behind Batman Year One mm-hmm. is that you've seen this other stuff, right? Right. This right. is where it starts. So this stripped down, kind of colorless backdrop mm-hmm. works within the context of this bigger thing. Mm-hmm. When you take it out of that context, you you completely mess up how it works in the comic. So so even that whole argument, oh, he's just drawing from the source material, I've always been like, eh, like it, the conversation is a little bit more more complicated than that. Chris Nolan ain't want to make no damn Batman movies, but they gave him a billion dollars. <laughs> like if you give me a billion dollars, I'm going to make a Medea film. I don't want to make no Medea movie, but you gave me a billion dollars. Anyway, are you happy about Zoe Kravitz in this Batman movie? I'm happy. <laughs> you didn't sound that happy. I am. All right. I'm happy. Not are happy. you looking forward to this Batman movie? I am, actually. Are you? Because I like... Don't give me that. <laughs> because I like Matt Reeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like absolutely. him as a, as a director. Absolutely. And um, I actually do believe that Robert Pattinson will do a decent job. Do you think Matt Reeves is going to have the creative freedom that he needs from Warner Brothers to make the Batman film that you need to be made? Yes. Based on what? Based on the freedom that they gave Todd Phillips to make Joker. Okay. The... Relative freedom that they gave um, the creators of Shazam. And I think they're taking a little bit of a hands-off approach with uh, the next Suicide Squad movie. I think they realize that, you know what? Let's just make good movies and not really try to be so hardcore focused on building up this huge universe let's get the good movies done first i want to believe that that is their mindset look i think the joker is the best argument out of everything that you just named because all those other properties you just named are also run b-tier properties that people like I, i understand why somebody would give you creative freedom for suicide squad especially the person who made guardians of the galaxy which was basically Suicide Squad. So, but we shall see. In regards to our review a couple of episodes ago of The People Under the Stairs. Yes. Sabria Hafiz wrote, this is one of my favorite episodes, mostly on the strength of the adorable background oh, noise. Young you, Adam's boisterous nature is too cute to be ignored. It made me like Mr. Vince even more. <laughs> Well, well, thank you, Sabria. Oh, she called you Mr. Yes, and, and Adam Adam also says thank you. <laughs> so nice. Yes, he's, he's, we say it all the time, that's, that's part of the problem. He's actually, <laughs> he actually has the nerve to be a charming little boy. He is a very charming little yes. boy. I like him. I like, I enjoy him a lot. Um, let's see what's going on here. Uh, I forget. I'm sorry. Did you, you watch 
or did you not watch Netflix when they see us? No, I've I've still it's still on the list because Ava DuVernay. I'm working through Queen Sugar still. Like I'm still like I'm way behind on stuff. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what thirteen episodes a season. Yeah, and I'm still I still have two episodes left. Okay, all right. How's it going? It's it's um, look it's good it's it's emotionally <laughs> draining draining yeah but it's look it's fantastic. there's no joy in this sugar there is joy but it's it's you got to get to the you joy gotta, you got to get there you got and and I've I've joked about it for years now I'm so invested like I think I'm actually too close to it mm-hmm. so the characters any type of conflict whatsoever it makes it, it I just it it just puts me on an emotional roller coaster. Let me ask you. Okay. Because now we're a couple of episodes removed from this. You know, Tyler Perry opening up the Tyler Perry Studios. Yes. Huzzah for that. But I recently saw a commercial that now he's moving, or at least going to be debuting, a couple of shows on BET, I think. Right, right. It's like the Oval, and I forget what the other one. Right, Sisters. Yeah. And I remembered at one time he had had the deal with OWN. He was putting shows on OWN. Yes. So does this mean that he's mo- his shows will no longer be on OWN? He's kind of moving into the BET sphere. I don't know the answer to that. Okay. I've n- no, no, no. There's still something on BET. No, you mean something? I on mean OWN. on OWN. I think the haves and the have-nots is on is on OWN. Is that is that on OWN? I'm pretty sure that's on OWN because I see commercials for it, and that's the only way I'd see commercials for it. Okay. Um, because I I wondered about I wondered about that whether or not he actually was moving away from BET from from um own from own yeah I'm pretty sure the haves and have nots is on own okay yeah yeah it, it, I'm looking here that it the series premiered in 2013 on the Oprah Winfrey Network. And the sixth season just premiered in May, so it is still yeah on, and it yeah there you go, so it's still on on. All right, all right, so that's interesting. I I was just wondering whether or not this meant that he was moving away from on. No, I think I think I think Tyler Perry just expands. That's fine. That's fine. I looked at the commercial for the sisters and the Oval. Look, there's nothing new to say about Tyler Perry and his product. You're right. It's, it's. I brought up when they see us because Ava DuVernay and Netflix apparently have been hit with a defamation scene. I saw that over the interrogation scene. Yeah. In when they see us, which I will say, I don't want to spoilers because you haven't seen it. It's it's a scene. Yeah, but I read the story and it seems like the people suing have no leg to stand on whatsoever because it's an interrogation technique that everyone has disavowed. Right. Uh, The Chicago company that created a controversial interrogation technique is trying to put when they see us in legal hot seat over a line in the Emmy winning series. Defendants published the statements in when they see us in an effort to cause a condemnation of the read technique. Yeah. Um, 
says the suit filed by the long-established John E. Reed and Associates against the Oscar nominee and Netflix over a line in the fourth and final episode that depicts the rush to justice against five young men falsely accused in the near-fatal 89 rape of a woman jogging in Central Park. Claiming defamation, the plaintiffs want unspecified widespread damages and profits. Yeah, they're fully. They, they know they have no leg to stand on whatsoever. It's no other way to say it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's just like old girl, the DA that that was doing some saber rattling a few months ago mm-hmm. about how she was depicted, and Ava DuVernay, who oh my, how much do I love Ava DuVernay? Ava DuVernay basically said, "We have receipts, so what you going to do?" And when's the last time you heard the um that DA lady say anything? She ain't said nothing. Exactly. She's not said a word. You're right, Vince. You're absolutely right. Not for nothing, ladies and gentlemen. I've never been arrested, but I know a fair number of lawyers. And every lawyer that I've ever known in my entire life has said that if you do find yourself hemmed up, be quiet and demand a lawyer. This has been a PSA (laughs) from the Michelle Mission. Yes. Um... Oprah Magazine has announced that Step Aside Hallmark own is releasing three Christmas movies I saw this November. That. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um joy, joy, joy to the world. You know something? I love those stupid movies. I love those holiday movies. It's not enough of them with black people in them. Well, you've got three. But now I got three of them. And and, and you've got one fine Christmas, uh which will premiere in November 15th. (sighs) Legendary actresses Marla Gibbs and Vanessa Williams (laughs) will join Rick Fox and his daughter, Sasha. All right. In this ensemble, making the father daughter do his first (laughs) acting gig together, set in the neighborhood of Christmas Street. <laughs> the movie tells uh, love the individual it. stories of yes. its residents who have forgotten the importance of family during the holiday season and find themselves united as they celebrate Christmas oh, Eve. I love it. The following week brings us Carol's Christmas, <laughs> starring Jack A. All right. She'll always just be Jack A to me. She don't need no last name. Caden Williams and Kimberly Elise. All right. Following the story of Carol Jordan, uh, played by Elise, a busy, overworked businesswoman Mm. who finds her life turned upside down after wishing she'd taken a different path in life. Oh. Uh Uh-oh. You got to watch all that. Only person she can trust is Iris, played by Jack A. Okay. A woman from her quote-unquote, past life. Oh. And eventually the story finds Carol learning about gratitude. Yeah, you're going to fool around and it's a wonderful life, your life. And then we end things on Friday, November 29th when (laughs) Aloma Wright, Kalia Joy, Leanne Rose, Arnell Powell, and if I do not, my eyes do not mistake me, one Tim Reed. Okay. Star in Baking Christmas. Okay. Patty, the matriarch and founder of her town's most popular bakery. <laughs> I love these towns. I love these towns. <laughs> announces her intentions to retire at year's end, which prompts her children to step up and offer their ideas for the future of the family business. Oh, it's like King Lear, but without 
Well, it's actually nothing like King Lear. No. <laughs> the, the determining factor as to who will lead? Why, of course, a Christmas cake bake-off. Love that it. That is bound to get messy as oh. siblings fight for control. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Oh, boy. So it's a little bit like King Lear. <laughs> maybe a maybe touch. A little, maybe a you touch. squint your eyes maybe you squint it's, real hard. It's like the King Lear <laughs> of ethnic, oh, I'm sorry, urban Christmas movies. <laughs> How the hell is Zoe Kravitz urban? <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> Real quick, last thing. <laughs> and this is going back to 2017. Steve Tozen had posted on our Facebook page um, asking for our opinion of Josephine Baker. Now, he posted this okay. back in 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and at the time, I don't know if any of us, either of us felt really, you know, moved or, you know, educated enough to give an opinion on Josephine Baker outside of, you know, the biopic. With Lynn Whitfield. Are you about to say we've done extensive research in the past two years? Because I think maybe I missed that meeting. No, we haven't. Okay, all right. However, okay. My eyes have seen that Josephine Baker starring in Zuzu. Okay. Z O U Z O Z Z. Why did I say Z? I said, what are you, Canadian? Z O U Z O U Z O U Z O U Zuzu. Starring Josephine Baker, is playing this month on Turner Classic Movies. Oh, okay. And so I, I thought nice. it's it, it, nice to point that out. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not taking in the wonder that is Josephine Baker, there's an opportunity to check her out on yeah, Turner Classic okay. Movies. If you have Turner Classic Movies on demand or have the app, you can go and uh, load it up and watch it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good looking out. Uh, well, I do what I do. Okay. All right, I think that's about it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the last thing I want I want to tell all of you is that I want to remind you that we are on this road. We are on this road to 200, and show 200 has been has it, it's been booked February 27th, 2020, at the famous World Cafe Live here in Philadelphia. The Michelle Mission will be doing a live broadcast as we review Shaft, as well as bringing you a 70s soundtrack Soul Train dance party. All right. And now I can be told we will debut a very special drink. Oh! There will be a drink special at our party. It will be the Michaud Mission. Nice. Yes. It is a very special drink created by uh, Ladies Love Hip Hop and former guest of the Michaud Mission, Summer Willow, who is a celebrity mixologist here in Philadelphia. She it, has crafted this very special cocktail just for the show. That show will also see us debut our brand new theme music for you to check out so i hope 
that each and every one of you missionaries can find your way to make it to Philadelphia on February 27th, 2020. If you go to our website, michellemission.com, look under the events. There's a link right there. Tickets are available right now. Very limited seating. So yes, get sir. Them, get don't. I'm telling you. Yes, sir. Don't wait. Don't wait. Um, but it, we promise to have a lot of fun. Yes. I have found Vince my red bell bottom pants. That's beautiful. I found them. All right. So my my half of your outfit is complete. Is is already complete. How about you? I'm still looking. Still looking. I'm still trying to figure out. What I'm gonna, what you gonna do? What I'm gonna do? I was looking at the scene with the pimps from uh, Truck Turner <laughs> and taking notes. So I may go Harvard Blue. Ooh. I may go Harvard Blue, Ooh. but I'm not sure. Still. All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for us to continue our October Scare Fest. <laughs> with 1990's Ghost Dad <laughs> we'll be back with the film review soon as we do something funky and have steps in it Hopper never has enough time for his kids. Don't wait up for me. I never do. But today is an unusually hectic day. Do you accept the Lord's sickness as a free being? I've been meaning to, but I've just been so busy I'm out of chance to get around to it. In fact, I've got $76. All you have to do is stop the cab. It's his last. Never come to work with that attitude. Now. What's wrong with Daddy? Excellent trick. I. I am. You're a duck. A big sissy. Sounds like a host. A host. A ghost? He's a ghost. <laughs> ghost Dad. He's got a family to raise. Diane, don't make me walk through this door. Do you know how weird that's going to make me look? Oh, there goes Diane. You know, Casper's daughter. A romance to keep alive. I can't. Oh. Oh, no, I don't mean that. I I can't. Of course I wouldn't. And a secret to keep. I know that you're an alien. I want $50,000 or I go to the newspaper. You don't try to threaten me! Bill Cosby. As you've never seen him before. Invisible. Daddy, can I take you to Santa? Ghost Dad. Ghost Dad is a 1990 comedy directed by Sidney Poitier and starring Bill Cosby. As Elliot Hopper, a widowed single dad who is utterly fixated on his family's financial well-being. He spends all his time working to secure a crucial business deal 
that would put his accounts in the black. However, this leaves his three children pining for his attention. After a fatal car accident, Hooper, now a ghost, must clinch the deal from the afterlife to secure his children's futures. Along the way, he discovers all the bonding he's been missing when he was alive. Again, this stars Bill Cosby in the title role, also making appearances as Kimberly Russell as his older daughter, Denise Nicholas as his next door neighbor slash love interest, a plethora of other actors, including a young Omar Gooding as a neighbor. Ghost Dad was the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn, what do you have to say about Ghost Dad? Well, before I say anything about Ghost Dad, <laughs> let me first say to you, Vince. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please forgive me for making you sit through Ghost Dad. My nephew, my youngest nephew, Macau, who is now in his 30s, grew up on Ghost Dad. This was his introduction to Bill Cosby. Oh. And as far as he was concerned, he loved the movie. He, he, he loves Ghost Dad. Now, I, having never seen the movie outside of the trailers, knew better mm-hmm. that it was not a good film. Mm-hmm. 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 But over the years, I've allowed his enthusiasm for right. the movie, sure. which he has never revisited since he was a kid. Right, 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 right. right, right. But his enthusiasm from watching it as a child right, and right, right, right. pulling joy from it. Sure, sure. I'd have allowed that to color my thoughts about Ghost Dad. Ghost Dad. And lead me to believe that, okay, I know it's not good, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but maybe there's something there. A spark of joy. For the child within us all. For the inner child. So. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I took on the task. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I did ask you to join me. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. In watching Ghost Dad. Ghost Dad. It is now apparent <laughs> that my nephew obviously suffers from a mental defect. I was going to say we need to call Child Protective Services that y'all kept showing <laughs> this boy Ghost Dad. I'm sure the Geneva Conventions said that you're not supposed to have this type of um, torture. Yeah, this is real this is really a bad. <laughs> I mean, there is there is nothing mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. about this film at all. Mm-hmm. It is not well written. Mm-hmm. 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 It is not well directed. Mm-hmm. It is not well filmed. Mm-hmm. It is not funny. It's not even accidentally funny. Mm-hmm. No. I'll take that back. 
There is one scene which I will point out later on. Oh, please do. Which is very accidentally funny. Mm-hmm. 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 But I'm not going to sit here and rail against a very young Kimberly Russell. Okay. Known primarily from head of the class. I was about to say she, you know, she TV that, actress. She ain't that young. She's an actress. Yeah. But I'm not going to sit here and rail against her. Okay. I'm not going to sit here and rail against the other uh, kid actors in here, Salim Grant and Brooke Fontaine, who play the her siblings right, right, in this movie. I'm not even going to say anything against Denise Nicholas. All right. Well, you know, you know I ain't going to let stand for that. Uh, well, that's one reason. And the other reason, she's obviously throwing her buddies a bone. Right. Sure. Sure. What do y'all need? Right. Right. I'll be in the. I got an open you. weekend. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean. So I'm not going to say anything about about her. I'm not going to. I'm not going to point out a young Omar Gooding. Right, right. You know, unrecognizable with hair. It's for the most part. Right. But you know, being a little kid, I'm not going to say anything sure. about him. However. However. Academy Award winning. <laughs> Actor Sidney Poitier in the role of the director mm. of Ghost Dad. Ghost Dad. And certified comedy, television, and movie legend. Legend. Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. The titular star. Of Ghost Dad. Ghost Dad. They I shall rail against. (laughs) Rail on, brother. Rail on. Because (laughs) how in the hell do you two men put together this garbage? This makes absolutely no sense. Bill Cosby has lost all sense of acting, all sense of timing. I do not know, I do not recognize the man in front of this camera. I do not know what is happening on this screen. I said the same. I said, what the hell is this? I it's so bad, it's confusing. I know. What is happening? What is... We're not talking about 80 years old Bill Cosby. We're talking about 1990. Oh, he's in the middle he's of the Cosby show. He's in the middle show. of the Cosby He is at the show. height of his powers. And this is what he does with it? A year after Leonard Six. Did you not learn... Oh. From Leonard Part 6. Oh. <laughs> this movie is garbage, man. And he is so unfunny. Oh. There is oh. nothing funny about this movie except that it was made. And that's not even funny. That's a damn shame. How is Bill Cosby unfunny for almost two hours? For two hours? I just, like, mathematically, I don't even know how he pulled it off. And, 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 and here's the thing. 
at this point in 1990, even if you want to say that Bill Cosby is a little bit far removed from the height of his comedy in the 60s and 70s, he still had just put out Bill Cosby himself, which was a certified comedy gold album. And he is noted as being able to act and be funny in a scene with children. And yet, in this movie, he is pale, pathetic, pushing so hard to be funny, mugging for the camera. Oh, my God. These must have been bits that him and Sydney thought were funny in some fever dream that they were having. God. It is truly, truly pathetic what is happening on this screen. I I I do not understand what is going on. It, I I just I I think like again I was just so I'm, I was so confused. Yes. Because I the other thing that I was trying to figure out who is this for exactly? We don't know. Like, who is the actual target audience for this film? Which is why I was thinking that maybe this is for kids. Maybe it's for kids, but it's a film for kids that the whole conceit, like, if you listen to the description that I read, this is about a father who dies. Yes. And the whole conflict, the the whole the, the whole issue he's trying to address is... His children will be destitute mm-hmm. unless he comes up with this plan. This is not a this is not a childish plot. No, it is not. No, it is not. There are scenes in this film that tonal tonally, this thing is all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yes. It doesn't know if it wants to be slapstick. No. Where where it's the joke of of he's a ghost but he's passing through floors or he's moving he he's moving a, a skeleton around and it's kind of be just slapstick. There's this this amazingly off-putting moment where he's explaining to his daughter why the family is broke. And he breaks out into this monologue of watching his wife die slowly in the hospital. So he had to cash in the insurance and take out a second mortgage of the house. And it's it's he and Kimberly Russell in a dark room and and he's giving himself a drink. And but then the drink passes through his body because he's a ghost. And now we're back to slapstick. And you don't know. And mind you, you don't know where you're supposed to be because the movie opens up. He's so busy that he has to read stories to his to his daughter over a tape recorder. Right. But now as he's putting this together, somehow he's he can do this again, this this madcap yeah. romp to to pretend that he's sick. And and there there's a charades game where where at, when he's initially a ghost, he can't talk. Right. So he plays charades. With his family, you know, his three kids, and it's like, okay, well, like you said, well, maybe this is for kids, and, and it's Bill Cosby, and he's mugging with his kids, and they're doing the charades. 
But the charade message is, I am dead. Yeah. And then the little girl, the youngest daughter, is like, are you going to leave us like mommy did? What? What is What is going on? This isn't funny. No. no. This isn't sad. And, and here's the thing. If it is maybe for kids, and maybe even if it's not for kids, but you know kids are going to see it because kids are the fans of the Cosby show at this right. moment. So they're going to say, oh, my God, Bill Cosby's going to, you know, we, we, He's going to be on a movie. This is I want to smack see dab in the run, the first like this is Cosby Show error. Right, right. So even if you're thinking like you know that's the audience that's going to come to the theater, and even if you want to play with that message of children having to deal with the loss of their parent of their parent, there's no commentary on that at all in this movie. No, either. There's nothing. So it doesn't even know. It just puts it out there. As just fodder and for a joke, and then you don't even revisit it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It make, and 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 then they make very, to me, a little light of death because the the mother is the mother's not there. She died right slowly and and horribly. Right. Because that because that, that's a plot point. Yes. Even though, even though, thankfully, it happened off camera. Right. You know what I mean? And he has these near-death experiences. Right. You know, on his, on his way to his actual, you know, quote-unquote demise. Except, spoiler alert, for a piece-of-shit movie. Psych, he's not dead. He's not. They don't even have the courage. The courage to follow through. Yes. On the, yeah. I mean, but it makes light of death again, totally. Then you get this moment at the end where somehow his daughter has a near death experience. Well, and now she's a ghost. Well, now here's here's one thing where I will give you uh, one thing I'll give them, because early in the film. Which in this weird house where you come into apparently must come into the house upstairs because he's not home when the kids get up for breakfast he's not home he comes in the kids if i i thought maybe he had gotten dressed for breakfast and he was coming down the steps but that would mean that his kids were up before him and he's such a busy businessman even that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. The reason see and maybe i blanked out for a second um but uh because if he was getting dressed for for breakfast or for the morning, then why would he have a hat upstairs? Because he whipped creams a hat. Right, he whipped creams a and to make it like it's a birthday cake for his his oldest daughter. Why do we have to have these conversations? Like like this is a ridiculous conversation. It makes no sense. Why do we even have to have a conversation about why is his hat upstairs? Well, this yeah. is what this movie has done to us. I know, but it makes no sense because he whipped creams that. What's the hat got to do with it? Why is it whipped cream upstairs? <laughs> yes. But then he has to come down. So, but, maybe it's uh, shaving cream. I don't know. Maybe okay. Maybe it's shaving cream. All right. I, I thought it was whipped cream. But still, that makes no sense because why are you doing it on a hat? I don't know what's going because, on in this movie. Because I thought he was going to whip cream the hat to make it seem like it's a cake. Right. But he only puts it on the top. Right. But so then he comes down the steps and he almost trips on a skate. Right. The roller skate. 
And he screams at his daughter, his youngest daughter, about leaving her skate on there, on the steps, because you you could kill somebody. Right. So that um, comes into play later on with the oldest daughter when she comes down the steps, slips on the skate, and lo and behold, has the serious accident that could have happened earlier right and then she says maybe i'll stay a ghost because my life is so terrible that i can be better as a ghost and then he he gives this impassioned speech about choosing life and and i'm like are we talking about suicide now is what is going on in this film i know it's all over the freaking place man it's it does not know what it wants to be and i'm sorry while i know that this film was um was written by Brent Maddox, S.S. Williams, and Chris Reese. I'm laying this at the feet of Bill Cosby and Sidney Poitier. Well, you should because they shouldn't have chosen this vehicle. Like, why would they even attach themselves to this? I almost want to do Leonard Part 6 next week because these are the two, like, I've joked for years if I ever had a chance to talk to Bill Cosby. This is I would actually ask him about this. Like why? It's funny one of the one of the reviews, I think the review from the LA Times, the critic actually says what was the thought process <laughs> that went into them choosing this? I I don't un, like there's so much about it I don't understand. And I understand you giving kids a bit of a break, but again, this is a man, and, and we've talked about this. When you look at the Cosby Show, one of one of the the great one of the great attributes of the Cosby Show is that they had good kid actors. Yes, Bill Cosby is in the midst of being surrounded by good kid actors. These are the most unrealistic. That's very true. Bizarre children. That's true. I've ever, I've ever said, we talked about Omar Gooding was unrecognizable. I thought he was unrecognizable as a human child. <laughs> That's true too. Like That's this whole too. bit with him and the little bow tie and, yeah, and, yeah. and the vest and he's, he's like snooty mm-hmm. and, and I'm well, like, he's a snooty neighbor, but usually you would see the father, not the, just right. the son, you know? And, and, and the, the teenage boy who's, the, who's a hooligan. Who, but he's like the hooligan who exists in the imagination of someone who doesn't actually know any teenagers. Yeah. That normally I would just say, oh, you're old and out of touch. But again, Bill Cosby is in the middle of making the Cosby show. I know. Even if he only cast the people who didn't quite make it exactly to um, in the roles of the Cosby kids. He'd have better actors you know than what? these. God bless. And he probably would have actors who look like they would um, more risk, more realistically look like they would be his kids. Well, you know what? That's, because that's the first thing that hits off the me. That is that has been that has always and, been kind of the ugly undercurrent of Bill Cosby and and frankly his colorism issues. Let's just call yeah. it what it is. Yeah. Yeah, and, and to be fair, it may be a little bit of Sidney Poitier's on, on his well as well. The only reason I'm not going to put this on Sidney Poitier is that if you follow Bill Cosby, so Bill Cosby is always surrounded by black people who are lighter than paper bags. Frankly, okay, but that's like not, that's that's a Bill Cosby thing. Okay, but that's not the case of the Cosby kids. That's not the case of half of them. Well, 
Okay, but I think it's realistic that all four of those children, well, it's five of them, right? It's five of them. And then if you throw Olivia in there as uh, well, the, not the counting fact, Olivia. Yeah. I mean, not, no, how are you not going to count? We're talking about him casting kids. Well, no, no. But I'm what I'm about to say. I I still think it's realistic that all five of the children, his children on the Cosby Kids, are byproducts of him and Claire. Right. Regardless, I think there's there's quote unquote realistic, and then it's the real the real of Bill Cosby and his casting practices. Okay. All right. I, and, and, you know, you kind of look at this whole film and it's like, God damn, Bill Cosby is really. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually what I said. Once we got to like the teacher, <laughs> it's like, God damn, Bill Cosby. Really? <laughs> That's true. The teacher is, uh, okay. Yeah. You got a good, you got a good point there and not to shit on kid actors. But them two younger ones made me appreciate Raven Simone and Keisha Knight Pulliam so much. They're not strong actors. Right. <laughs> Being kind. Which, again, if he was not in the middle of making a show where he was surrounded by them, give him, give him the I'd give him more of a pass. Right, right, right. And it's not like they backed up a Brinks truck you know, to his house in order to make this movie. This movie, which was passed on mm-hmm. by director John Badham and Steve Martin. Yeah. Um, I think they knew better. This movie, uh, which only made $25 million, which is not that great, ladies and gentlemen. I believe it only... It, I, I think the movie budget was... Like four million dollars or something. So it's, it's not like it's not like they backed up a Brinks truck to his house and he's like, "Oh, great! I have to make this movie. You know, I got to make it." No, it, it, that's not the case at all. You want to pick apart scenes? So Bill Cosby dies. Yes, he dies in a, a a cab. Right. That. Uh, Goes over a bridge, which is driven by a Satan worshiper. Again, somebody who like, like these characters, like like these are characters written by people who have lived cocooned in Hollywood and they don't know people anymore. No, the car goes over a bridge, falls into the river. Right. You see, then Bill Cosby climbing up out of the canyon or whatever. Onto back onto the highway, right? Apparently, or supposedly, from the river, you're meant to believe that he possibly could still be alive. Yes, primarily so because as he is crawled up from the river, he's wet. Yes, so well, may still be alive. Yes, now you find once. A uh, patrolman who has come to the the scene of the crash and not alerted anyone. Right, 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 right. He kind of just looks over. Just kind of looks over and decides it's time for me to take a leak. (laughs) (laughs) It's the most bizarre film. (laughs) The leak, which 
seemingly passed through passes through Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby. and which is how we find out he's a that ghost. he is in fact the ghost. Right, the policeman tried to pee on him, and it passed through him, and that's the reveal. Right. Well, that's the reveal. Someone wrote a script. Right. That in the script it says the pee will pass through. Right. 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 The policeman will urinate on you. The urine will pass through you. Revealing to all and the audience to all that you are a ghost. Someone wrote this in a script. Yes. yes, yes. So the fact that your suit is wet, yes, is a ruse. It's it because it's ghost wet. It's ghost wet. Ghost apparently, wet. yeah. Which apparently dries. A ghost dries by the time you walk as a ghost back home. Back home, ghost dad. God, this movie's so stupid. It's it's a terrible. It is a. Ter- this is a terrible. It's a terrible movie. Terrible movie. And we're not even getting into the side trip to England, <laughs> or or why is Denise Nicholas there? Why is she even in the movie? I told you she's throwing a bone. Why is she even in the movie? She is throwing them a bone. She looked good though. She did. Well, of course, Denise Nicholas. Right, Denise, Denise, Nicholas. Denise Nicholas has never not looked I good. I know. I was, and I was happy to see her, but not in this. Also, he's a ghost. He's a ghost. He's a ghost who you can only see when the lights are out. Sure, why not? Because he's, in fact, not a ghost. He's a spirit. He's, he's Yes, they set that up. They, they are consistent with that throughout. Later on in the film... Through machinations that I will spare you, ladies and gentlemen, he goes on to help his son perform a Houdini act. Yes, yes. So his son gets locks himself into a locker. Yeah, yeah. His son locks himself into a trunk. Well, first into a straitjacket, and then chained up. And at no point does the teacher feel like maybe I should step in. Maybe I should step in. You know, you know. There's show and tell. And then there's going to. They didn't have mandated reporters in 1990. (laughs) Apparently. Yeah. So he shows up as a ghost there to help his son. At which point his son locked into the this trunk. A little scared. Yeah. Well. Because he he dropped the key. Can't get out. Yeah. The ghost lifts the trunk. Yeah. For all the kids to see, yeah. this trunk is lifting off of the ground in their class and floating towards them. Yeah. Which moves these young children, probably between the ages of 8 and 11 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To move silently. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're scared. To the back of the class. Silently. Well, they're backing away from the demon box. They're backing away from the demon box. These children. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Silent. Yeah. There's not a word. Not a word. Peep from them. Well, he's traumatizing these kids. Except. So that he can bond with his son. After he unlocks his son and his son pops out his head from the trunk, one lone girl screams. (laughs) And it's a very short. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. The kids are not a strength. <laughs> no. This film. No, they're not. However, we get an authentic scream 
when he reveals to Denise Nicholas later on, we get the first authentic scream of this movie. Oh my God, I'm looking at a ghost. She screams her head off. Yeah, yeah. I give you Denise Nicholas, professional actor. (laughs) This is terrible. This is terrible. And you should feel bad about yourself that you made us watch this. I said I'm sorry. (laughs) But now I will get to the unintended humor of this movie. As we have as we have stated, the daughter falls down the steps, apparently to her doom. Yes. They rush her to the hospital. Yes. The English gentleman, the only person who could hear and sense and knows the story of spirits, the one who reset the ghost. Yes. So that he could now speak in English to everyone. Sure, why not? And who has now shown up at this L.A. house because... Well, we need him to tell him he's not really dead. Exactly. Also, his name is Edith, but everyone keeps pronouncing it Edith and saying that that's a girl's name because that's hilarious. Yes, but it is not a girl's name because Edith was named after his grandmother. Yes. Edith. Edith, but then they pronounce it Edith. And this, according to the screenwriters is the funniest joke in the entire film because they tell it five times. Five long times. Edith, that's a girl's name. Yeah. There's literally two pages of script on this this who's on first bit yeah. with Edith. Yeah. That makes yeah. no sense. So, now that our ragtag group is together, they rushed the, the uh, uh, older daughter to the hospital. Mm-hmm rush into where they see her and they rush her into the operating room and the family runs into the operating room including sir edith yes who once he runs to the into the room an unseen hand literally grabs his coat and Pulls him out of the scene. I didn't even notice that. I noticed it and reround twice to make sure that I just see somebody pull him and say, no, you're not in this you're scene. You're not in this scene. <laughs> Damn it. Now you almost make me want to go, go and back see and him. Yes. Because that's hilarious. <laughs> yes. Yes. I give you the comedy. The comedy of Ghost Dad. Ghost Dad. So, (laughs) yes, it's a black film. (laughs) It's urban. It's an urban film. It's an urban urban film. film. Chris Nolan's people would call it an urban film. No, Zoe Kravitz, you cannot star in this film. Well, she's urban. She's urban, so she could be in this. Yeah, well, I'm saving her. And no, I would not recommend <laughs> this movie. Ghost Dad. I don't. I wish there was a way that I could Dumbledore my nephew so that I could take the memory of this movie out of his head. I am so utterly and morbidly fascinated by how this happened. 
this in Leonard Part Six, and and I think I think we spend way more time talking about Leonard Part Six because Leonard Part Six is a spectacle of badness. I've never seen it. Oh, it is. Well, you'll see it in May. <laughs> it is spectacularly bad. Really? But this this is really is just. I, it's it's just consistently, moment after moment, bad decisions made by people who you know can do better. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. That that that's the shame of it. You know, you're looking at letter part six directed by Paul Wieland. Um, and written by Bill Cosby. Okay, you would think that Bill Cosby would know better, but it's whatever. Ghost Dad is Bill Cosby and Sidney Poitier. After Leonard Part 6. After Leonard Part 6. So you'd think there'd be some lessons learned. And maybe the lessons learned is you're bringing in my buddy Sidney, you know, to kind of like run things. Oh, the, part, the, the, the problem with Leonard Part 6 was the director? <laughs> Perhaps. Because certainly it wasn't the script that I wrote. <laughs> it couldn't have been. Well, there you go. Here. Take this pill. <laughs> it's Benadryl. It'll relax you. Well, I also would not recommend Leonard Part 6. I mean, um, Ghost Dad. <laughs> or Ghost Dad. Or Ghost Dad. I'd actually recommend Leonard Part 6 more than this. Wow. Because, like, Leonard Part 6 is, is, like I said, spectacular in its badness. Okay. So it's so bad that it's kind of... It, you can't, you almost, like, there's a moment, like, he's riding an ostrich, and it's, it's, oh, yeah, wait till May. But this is terrible. You know the bad thing? I actually want to circle back to something I said a little earlier, where I thought the concept was terrible, like, the whole concept of your dad has died, and this is a film about your dead dad trying to make things better. There is a version of this movie. Mm-hmm. That like Don Rickles could have made in 1961 for Disney. Okay. That okay. would have been hilarious. All right. All right. I was, I was you, you know, Disney Plus released that long trailer of everything that they released that, that's going to be on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And I saw someone put together a, 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 a compilation of all the Don Rickles movies. Don Rickles? Did Not Don Rickles. Don, Don Knotts. Knotts. Yeah. Yeah, I said Don Rickles. I meant Don Knotts. Okay. That's why I was like... Mm-hmm. And Don Knotts used to make these strange, oh, yeah, yeah. high-concept oh, films yeah, 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 for yeah, Disney. Yeah. And this seems like one he would have made, mm-hmm. but it would have worked because they would have controlled the tone yeah. from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And there's like there was always a breeziness... To those films, yeah, that is it. it it's, and Don Knotts is funny. I mean, Bill Cosby is funny. Uh, I don't think that's controversial to say that Bill Cosby is funny. You don't think Bill Cosby is funny? Well, he he he's not funny here. No, I know he's not funny here, but that's part of what's so confusing. And yeah, he's not funny here. No, he's I mean, not. I, I think Bill Cosby. I've seen Bill. I've liked Bill Cosby movies. I it's been a it, it's not well, funny here. Well, I think well, I think there's Don this, Knotts never stopped being funny. Don Knotts never stopped being funny, but I think Don Knotts also didn't take himself as seriously. Fair point. 
And I do think part of the tone things, as as we kind of talk this out in real time, the stuff that that bothered me the most, it's almost like there were aspects where where they were like, well, we have to treat this seriously. You, you know, we we don't have any money because my wife was on her deathbed and yeah. we had to like, oh, man, hey, hey, you ghost dad. <laughs> like either you commit to ghost dad being madcap and funny or you leave it alone. Yeah. Like you can't halfway this thing. That's right. That's right. And I think you besides all of the terribleness on a really base level there's not a commitment to a tone and yeah this this is terrible this is absolutely terrible and everyone involved with it should be ashamed of themselves Except the kids. I'm Except still, I'm still you're gonna, still going to give the kids a pass. I'm the kids a because they were kids. They, they were kids, but they were not good acting They're kids. They're not good actors, but but should they be ashamed they, of themselves? They shouldn't be ashamed of themselves that they were kids in this. Okay, I'll, I'll go along with that. <laughs> you know, but... Um, and Kimberly Russell just thought she was going to be in a movie with Bill Cosby. Yeah. How are you not going to be in a movie with Bill Cosby? Especially in 1990. Right, right. Especially, like, her claim to fame is she's the black girl on Head of the Class. Pause know the other black girl oh that's right yeah right <laughs> you know she's a black girl on head of the class oh yeah her she was dating mike tyson no 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 no. the other black girl so yeah so there's our review of this <laughs> we watched it so you don't have to please don't please and please don't ask us to watch it again oh my goodness this is not even like a fun watch that's the thing. It's not even fun. Dude, if you look at my notes, it's nothing but question marks. It's like, so an Edith bit? Huh? Why does Omar Gooding dress like that? And now there are impotence jokes? Oh, yeah. I forgot all about that. So now we're invisible manning it? And then the whole scene where he goes to get the checkup, my entire notes for him getting the checkup? Such a bizarre scene. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The I whole was just, invisible man thing is fifteen minutes into it, I was just confused. Yeah. yeah. It's not a good movie, ladies and gentlemen. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your, hey, if uh we, we reference Don Knotts, I'll give you a, a funny Don Knotts movie from nineteen sixty six, The Ghost and Mr. Chicken. I think that's what I was thinking about. I yeah. think I was thinking about the ghost and Mr. Chicken. That's a good movie. I did um I gotta look that up. I what I if it was, I was not aware. That I don't think that was a a Disney movie. No, it's not a Disney movie. Okay, Universal. Okay, all right. I just lump that doesn't mean that Disney doesn't own them now. Look, I just but... I lump all them down like the the the, the Apple Dumpling Gang, Apple uh, Dumpling Gang, Ghost and, and Mr. Chicken, um, the Credible Mr. Limpet, the Incredible Mr. Limpet. Right. Just I I mean I'm sure they're not all Disney, but I'm look. Were, yeah, Apple Dumbledore Gang is right, uh, but there were Don Knotts movies that were bulletproof when I was a kid. Like if I saw starring Don Knotts, it's like, oh yeah, this is a winner. So were you a Don Knotts fan? I I, I am a Don Knotts fan. Yeah, me too. Like all the way to the like all the way to Three's Company. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I like myself some. Don I'm Knotts. Tr- we not going because we gonna go ahead and wrap this up and put yeah, a we're gonna wrap it up. Like we're not going. But yeah, Don Knotts was 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 amazing. Yeah, funny guy. 
and cool, really a, a cool dude from what I hear. Right. So, and Don Knotts could have made this work. He would have. Don Knotts would have made this work. You know what? Not if it was still directed by Sidney Poitier. <sighs> Look, we've talked about this before. I think Sidney Poitier's biggest strength is also his biggest weakness as a director. I think he just gets out the way. And if you get out the way and you've got performers who are doing what they're supposed to do, you get gold. And when you get out the way with people who need to be directed or who aren't that talented, you get other stuff. I think he could have directed Don Knotts and, you know, Don Knotts would have punched up the script or added some stuff. I don't know how Don Knotts got into this. Well, of course I do, because I brought in Don Knotts. You brought in Don Let's Knotts. go ahead and wrap it up. Let's Dude, wrap right, it up. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Before we tell you what we're going to be reviewing next week, ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to send all of your feedback to us via email at mission at gmail.com. Like and follow us on all the social medias at Mission. Misho is spelled M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X. We're named after the great Oscar Michaud. Look him up. He is a bad man. The show is also a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network. Podglomerate curated podcast for your listening pleasure, like The Feast. A cool podcast. Check it out. And the show is available in an edited form every Saturday, Saturday afternoon, 1 p.m. on WPPM. People Powered Media, Philly Cam, here in the city of brotherly love, 106.5 FM. And you can wake up with the Michelle Mission every Monday morning at 9 a.m. on 91.7 FM, the voice of Drexel University, WKDU. Okie dokie, ladies and gentlemen. Next week is Vince's turn. Yes, it is. It is time for him to suggest an October Scare Fest film. Yes, it is. On what will be your selection, Vince? Well, you got me all excited last week, and you didn't pick it. So now I'm going to pick it. We're looking at Blade Two. Oh, cool, cool, cool. And we'll talk about it as a horror film. Yes, which I think is a really, really interesting conversation. Yes, this was the horror film that I, the first horror film I introduced my daughter to. Yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll talk about child protective services. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that as well. Blade 2 next week here on the Michelle Mission, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, he's Vince. I'm Len. And in parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs>